It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for the second-to-last game of the year. The Sharks at Calgary taking on the Flames tonight at 7. Be sure to join us at 6.30 for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And then one more tomorrow at 6 at Edmonton. But to talk about a lot of the things that are facing the Sharks and their future, we are now joined by Curtis Pichelka, who covers the Sharks for Bay Area News Group. Curtis, you know, you just had an article up about how the Sharks got to this point. Is there a you know, a greater revelation that you've taken from going back and looking at all the, you know, the different moves that were and or were not made up to this point? I know that people erroneously like to think that it was, you know, keep Carlson and let Pavelski walk, which is not accurate, even if the, the majority view it that way, because that's one that people point to and something being lost forever at that point. Um, what's, what's like your grand takeaway? Well, it's that, you know, for really five straight years here, you know, the Sharks have just been, just have not gotten the goaltending they need to be you know, a contending team in the NHL. I'd obviously... You know, that one team, that the 2018-19 team, obviously went to the Western Conference Final. Uh, but they were just outscoring everybody. They really yeah. did. You know, they they, they, they they scored a ton of goals, but they also let in a ton of goals. So one stat that really kind of stood out to me as I was, you know, putting this together was just that uh, up until last night, um, they, over the course of the last four seasons, since the start of the 2019-20 season, they've allowed more five-on-five goals than any other team in the league. That includes Columbus, that includes Anaheim. Um, and so that really kind of struck me as like, well, you know, this is not just a one-year problem. This has been a four-year problem mm-hmm. uh, for this team, just allowing too many goals. And so, you know, if, as you look towards the future here, I mean, how do the Sharks go about, you know, reducing that number? Because you look at all the playoff teams in right now, with the exception of maybe the Oilers and maybe one or two other teams, uh, they're all teams that that keep the puck out of their net uh, at a very high rate. So um, that's that's something the Sharks have to obviously address in the offseason, whether that's just their goaltending, whether that's uh, maybe, um, you know, uh, improving their defense, um, you know, getting forwards who are more responsible in sort of a two-way game. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's all part of the puzzle. Like, goaltending is number one. Uh, and then you kind of you got to go from there. But, you know, my, my career's got a long, long list of things to address this offseason. And, and uh, but you know there is some hope, uh, you know, for the future for this team. They've they, they've got some young prospects in the system, much more so now than they did maybe a, a few years ago. So there's something to build on there for 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 the Sharks. You talk about the goalie situation, and one thing that multiple people have asked me about is the lack of a developing of an internal goalie. And that I mean I I do understand that there have been some names that have come through, but that you know that you're constantly relying on free agency and looking for value and trying to find something um, like you alluded to for the past four years. And even before that, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the, 
what's maybe missing. And I guess that could be extrapolated across the rest of the franchises that, that so many of these prospects have yet or not panned out. Right, exactly. And uh, that, that goes to part of the, uh, you know, the win now mode that the Sharks had, you know, throughout the last decade. I mean, really the last home going goalie, if I'm not mistaken, was, was Evgeny Nabokov. Um, you know, a guy who was drafted by the team and kind of came up and, and spent a couple of years in the American League and then, and then joined, joined the Sharks. And, um, you know, that's, and then since then, it's kind of like, you know, we, we want to win right now. Mm-hmm. We don't have the goalie to do it in the minors. Then we got to go out and get a guy. And it, it worked out, you know, pretty well. I mean, you got, you got, you got some time on Anthony Niemi in that respect. You got some time on a Martin Jones in that respect. Um, you know, there, there's been, there's been some good goalies that the Sharks have brought in, but um, you know, it always kind of comes back to, for me, it's like when you have to go out and spend uh, to get that, it, it comes back um, and uh, affects you in another way, whether that's the cap, you know, if you're, if you're spending more, on acquiring guy through trade or through or on free agency, you're, you're spending more on that on that goalie um, than you would if you had brought up a guy in the system and had him on an entry level contract that's a lot cheaper. And if you're if you're doing it the same the Martin Jones way, mm-hmm. well, you're spending a first round pick to get him. Well, that that's fine at the moment, but it comes back and, and bites it at some point. You know, the first round pick that they spent to to get a Vander Kane. You know, the, yeah. the, the first yeah. round pick that they the first round picks that they spent. Uh, to get our to get our Carlson. I mean, that's it, it's it's great in the moment, but it, it, at some point in time, it it, it comes back uh, and affects your your roster. So, um, so yeah, the goaltending for that that's you know we don't know where the Sharks go from here. Couple Cockett is signed for one more year. James Reimer's a free agent. I, I I can't see how the Sharks bring him back for for another year, even as a stopgap. I think I think I think. Um, my career is ready to, to move on and, and explore other options here. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see on that front. And you mentioned the guys in the minors. I mean, are, is anybody ready for a full-time role? Is, you know, a guy that they look at and, okay, maybe he can play 30 games next year mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. My guess is that he needs more time in, in the minors to sort of get his game to where it needs to be. Um, and then the Sharks go out and, and try to find uh, trying to find a replacement to, to pair with Kakanen going into next season. But we'll see how it all it all shakes out. A lot of moves left to be left to be made for sure. What do you prioritize for the team and the franchise heading into the offseason? Well, uh, you know, do you? I, I think you've got uh, some depth. You know, you got Luke Cunning coming back next year. I mean, how much do you really do you need to address the goal the goal scoring? Losing Timo Meyer, trading Timo Meyer was a huge piece. Um, do you? How do you go about? Um, you know, filling that. Is it by committee? I mean, do you do you, do you count on William Eklund coming in next season and replacing some of that offense at least over time? But for me, it's still it's still goaltending. You still got to find a way to, to get a guy in here uh, who can make who can save at least and have at least a matter save percentage, and then and then you got to go from there. And then it just it just builds when you get when you got steady reliable goaltending it just affects everybody else uh everything else you do as far as your team goes it affects the team mood and it affects you know how you play how much confidence you play with what how much aggressive you can be all that kind of all those kinds of things so for me it starts there you gotta you gotta get uh uh you gotta get a good goal attendant i mean here that can that can be reliable on a night in night out basis what do you think they're gonna do with eric carlson because this year he played up to the contract and probably exceeded it for one season 
And I, I see a lot of his game that can be replicated. Like, I don't, I'm sure you've noticed this, Curtis. The way that he's handling the puck is he's never been better in that regard. He's maybe not as fast as he was, but he's a smarter skater than he was. Seems like he's creating space for his teammates in ways that, you know, we haven't seen previously. And, and there's more value. I don't know if he can replicate the goal scoring, but a lot of the chance creation, I feel like that can be replicated if he is healthy. So is this is this Mike Greer's chance to, you know, move and do the least amount of retainment he'll ever have to do? Or do you keep him around and think that, okay, he can still be a piece moving forward? Yeah, it's 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 one of the top questions, if not the top question for the offseason as to what the Sharks do with with Eric Carlson. Um, obviously, any trade is going to have to be is very complex. Uh, won't be very difficult to sort of maneuver. Um you know, I mean, do uh, one thing I wondered in, in an article not too long ago was just how, you know, are there more suitors now for Eric Carlson than there were at the trade deadline? You figure, you know, does Ottawa re enter the mix? You know, they, you know, because of, um, you know, sort of the core they're building and maybe they need a, a player like Carlson to, um, to sort of round things out there. Does, you know, Florida is another team I'm kind of wondering about. Um, so, I mean, it, it really, uh, it really kind of comes down to what Eric Carlson, I think, wants to do, you know, partly at least, you know, um, he got, he just said, he said it multiple times this year, you know, he wants to win. And if you look at the Sharks and where they're at as a franchise right now, are there, are they a team that can kind of jump and jump back into playoff contention next season? Let, you know, that's up for debate. I think Eric Carlson feels that maybe the, the, the team in itself is still a couple of years away from that. And, you know, he's 33. He's going to be 33 at the end of May. Um, you know, he want, he says he still has, you know, several years left in him. But, you know, he, he's missing the playoffs for four straight years now. It's not fun for him. It's not fun for anybody. So he wants to he wants to he wants to win. And, and if maybe if that's going to be elsewhere, then maybe he was more open to a trade uh, than he was before here. So, um, you know, can the you know, but you're right. I mean, it's it's if you trade him and you do get assets back, that's, that's all well and good. But you've left this huge void in, in your, in your team uh, offensively from a goal production standpoint. I think Eric Carlson is going to finish well above 40% in terms of the amount of goals. Uh, the Sharks have, you know, whether he's, he's scored or assisted on at least over 40% of the Sharks goals this season. So um, he's, uh, that's going to be a, you know, a question of whether or not, does he want to come back? Uh, does Mike Greer see a way to, to, to free up some cap space here and, and maybe more so, kind of reshape the team the way he the way he wants to see it. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's, but these are all questions that the Sharks have to answer, and it's certainly going to be one to follow for the rest of the for the rest of the offseason for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And that's, I mean, again, it's this whole thing that people were very excited about Mike Greer getting the job. Nobody was enviable, however, the position he entered because of you know the amount of questions. And you know now, you know, even though I understand what he means to the franchise, Tomas Hurdle, his production had huge gaps this year and I'm not trying to be inflammatory but he went silent for extended times in ways that he has not previously in his career and that to me is okay he had a, a kid like I've been there I understand that you know that shakes things up but you know he's getting paid the big bucks and he's got a lot of pressure on him as being the guy who was reportedly off the trade table so how does he bounce back well I think you know, we always talk about how this is this is a league that's getting younger and faster, and I think that's that's one thing that Tomas is going to have to work on a little bit. It's just, just the speed, um, you know, just just keeping up. You know, doing doing the things that he, um, you know, 
can do to sort of try to improve his foot speed a little bit more. Um, but also, you know what, you know, David Quinn was talking about this the other day here, how, you know, a player like Tomas, okay, he's a big body player. Uh, how can he become more effective? Well, he, he's, he's, you know, hitting, you know, just guy, a guy who can use his body a little bit more than he does uh, at time from time to time. A guy who just gets in people's way. There's, you, you know, David Quinn was saying that, you know, there's a generation of players coming up now who are just not used to contact, who are just yeah. used to, you know, flying around the ice and making plays and showing off their skill. And But there's still something to be said for a guy who can get down low and grind and, and hits and, and just use his body in, in that respect. So, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Tomas Hurdle needs to be a little bit more consistent in, in the way he plays and just gets the front of the net a little bit more, wins some more draws, uh, a little too much on the perimeter, I think, for him this year at times. Um, and obviously, you know, having a variety of line mates over the course of the season probably played a role. Uh, Timo Meyer's departure, you know, certainly played a role in his production too. So um, you figure all that in and, and, you know, yeah, you're right. He's a guy that's locked up here for seven more years and he needs to find a way to sort of adapt to the league uh, as he gets older and he, and he gets into his 30s here. You know, Logan Couture continued to chug along, especially as a two-way player, probably undervalued in my opinion in the eyes of the nhl just as you know because people don't pay attention to the defense they don't pay attention to the kill as much and you know the sharks kill obviously took a hit as the talent continued to leave the team as we got deeper into the year but you know logan nature had a very very productive year and you know i uh, look at that as saying like okay how long can his game endure because that's everybody's question is you know when guys get on the other side of 30 you start worrying but on a team that's losing talent um left and right logan nature is still a big playmaker i mean you look no further than the overtime winner against vegas very recently i mean he was the guy who stepped into the passing lane saw it before it happened intercepted the puck and took it right to the net i mean those are the things that a you expect and hope that a captain can do but you know logan couture it's you know he it's what what a burn say about pavelski you can't lose a step if you never have it you know it's not like couture's game was ever predicated on speed so much of his game is predicated on his mind yeah, absolutely. And you're right. He is a guy that goes a little bit underappreciated just for the way he plays, uh, you know, on both sides of the puck. He usually gets, he usually draws the assignment and gets the other teams at number one centerman. Uh, that's obviously never an easy assignment. Um, so that's, you know, these are the, the, he does do the things that sort of, uh, you know, make him the player that he is and has been for really for 13 or 14 years now. So, um, you know, what, what does his future sort of look like with a few more years left on his contract? You know, I, I think he is the type of player where that contract is not necessarily going to age poorly. You know, I think it's good. I think, you know, the things he does, uh, will still uh, provide value for this team, uh, for a few more years. But, you know, like he told us a, a couple months ago or right around the trade deadline, it was like, you know, what I've got, he wants to be a shark. He wants to be a part of the solution here. He want he, he loves San Jose. But he does have, you know, a modified no trade, and there are three teams on his no trade list that he can be uh, dealt to. So whether or not that actually happens, or Mike Kirk approaches him at some point in the offseason and and revisits that conversation as to whether or not he wants to still be a part of the plan here, um, you know, we'll see. But uh, for right now, I think yeah, you're right. This is such a this has been a very good season for for Logan Couture, uh, not from a team perspective, but just from an individual standpoint. Like, you know, I can still do it. I can still play at a high level in this league and. And uh, maybe that gives us some more uh, some more confidence going forward here. Yeah, and you know, in terms of the you know the overall team, in terms of the direction, like we we see these old sharks greats 
come into the building a lot um, since Mike Greer especially has been around. I mean, you and I see Jumbo walking around and, you know, his personality and the way it was back then. And you hear the stories about the guys that were on the team. And it feels like you look back at those teams and the boisterous nature and the, you know, just the types of personalities versus what's there now. Like I just, you know, I look at those mentalities of those winning teams and the, the brashness and the loud and the jokes and that's something that I don't feel with this current version. You know, you've obviously you've lost a Pavelski and a Jumbo and a Burns over the past couple of years. And I don't know how much of it is the fact that they're losing versus how much of the fact that it is just overall a quieter dynamic. But I do I do feel like that nature, that aspect of the team is something that's missing. And that's not a shot at Couture. I think he does a great job as a leader. I think that the only guy that really fits that mold right now is kind of Mario Ferraro. Like nobody ever shuts up about how he's just the loudest individual in the room at all times. Whereas you go back to the Sharks teams of the past, you know, it seems like the, just the, the braggadocious, the loud, the, you know, just the the confidence was through the roof. And I can't tell if that was a byproduct of winning or that's why they were winning beyond, you know, the talent. Cause I, I do feel not a heaviness in the locker room. It's just, it's just not a very uh, loud and proud type team. No, no, I think that's you hit the nail on the head there where you do go into the locker room and even on practice days a little bit too. You know, there's some chatter in the room. Guys are joking around a little bit, usually have a smile on their face. Um, but it is different. And you mentioned you bring up those old teams, that Patrick Marlowe night where they had the old-timers game at, at Tech CU. Uh, you know, the old-timers got it. Well, I don't want to call them old-timers, but, you know, the former. <laughs> you know, they're not senior citizens here, let's be honest. But, you know, uh, you know, they uh they 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 dressed in the in the sharks dressing room and you're right it was loud it was boisterous and you know they don't have the stress of playing in the nhl anymore but uh you look at you look at the the personalities that that were on that part of those uh part of that night yeah jumbo huge huge personality ryan clo mm -hmm. uh big guy you know joel ward uh dan boyle um, you know, this, these are all kind of characters and big personalities in that room. And sometimes they clashed and, but for the most part, I think they, they, they brought the best out of each other. And, you know, I think the sharks, you know, when they construct this roster, I think that's something that, you know, Mike is going to be continually aware of just like locker room, uh, chemistry and dynamic, you know, you, maybe you need a guy who kind of comes in and, and shakes things up a little bit and, and, uh, you know, maybe speaks his mind when he when the time's right kind of thing. And, you know, I'm sure they have a few a few of those guys, you know, in the room right now who do that in their own way. But, uh, you know, maybe do maybe need a couple more alphas in there just to kind of, uh, you know, try to try to, you know, bring out the best of other guys, challenge other guys, those type of players. And it's a young team right now. Uh, we'll see what we'll see how the roster changes over the course of over the course of the so this course of the summer here. But. I think that's something that my career is going to be aware of, just the locker room dynamic and the chemistry within the team. And, you know, the, these guys get along. They played hard for each other, but mm -hmm. there's really that thing that's missing there that kind of like just that, you know, the the big the big uh, personality type player, I guess. Curtis, always a pleasure. Another fantastic year of coverage from you, and I appreciate you making your time for here on the Sharks Audio Network. And I will see you on Saturday when the, uh, when the clear out's going to happen. But uh, you have a nice day as always, and I'll talk to you soon. Well, thanks, Dan, and I appreciate your hard work too. Putting together the podcasts uh, night in, you know, every after every game. It's not uh, not always the most fun thing, I'm sure, this especially <laughs> this year. But 
no, you, you, you've done a great job this year, and I just want to appreciate that. Uh, just want to shout you out, too, for the work you do. Hey, thank you, Curtis. I appreciate that very much coming from you, and I'll see you soon. You got it. Thanks, Dan. Again, that is Curtis Pichelka of Bay Area News Group going over everything about the San Jose Sharks this past season and looking ahead to the future. We are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 6.30 tonight for live pregame coverage ahead of the Sharks and the Flames. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.